Uh, just listening to that news there about the Ottawa Senators, I still think they missed an opportunity. Should have been Ryan Reynolds. Should have gone with him. Imagine how much press that would have been. Uh, Rob Shaw's with us now, political correspondent for Czech News. Rob, don't you think that would have been the thing to do? That would have been great. Yeah. Would have been a good PR score for the uh, Senators if they could have done it. But now it leaves him open to purchase another team, perhaps uh, here in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, wishful thinking. Such wishful yeah. thinking. And, and you know, I thought you would be all cynical after all these years in politics, dealing with politics. No, you, know, you know me, Simi. I'm very positive. I have a very positive outlook on all things. I'm not going to say anything after that. Yes, very positive outlook. Let's talk about that because there is some good news here. This $20 million mm-hmm. donation to St. Paul's yesterday, this is huge. It is huge. And it's a fascinating new model that is being talked about at, at St. Paul's on uh, addictions treatment. And it comes with this uh, private donation from the Diamond Foundation, $20 million to create a new system because uh, of uh, a death in the system uh, of someone who is from the Diamond family. And it was outlined uh, yesterday of, uh, of Stephen Diamond, who had gone through in and out of the system, trying to get appointments, trying to get uh, help. And we hear it's a very, very common story, the siloed nature of the system, people unable to get the appointments they need in the time that they need to go through from detox to addictions. And in this case, it was, uh, you know, for an addictions counselor. And he passed away of, a, of an overdose uh, just before his addiction psychiatrist appointment. And so the family has donated this money to try and get a partnership going, Providence Health with St. Paul's, on what's called the Road to Recovery. And it's idea of streamlining the whole way through detox, withdrawal, recovery, transitional housing, outpatient in one location. You cut weeks off of the waiting lists. You get automatically put on the list that you need to the next level when you need it, and you get a a seamless experience uh, through the system. And it's the first of its kind in BC and Canada, and even the provincial government put money into this thing out of the budget. So it's a a hopeful and, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Like you're saying it out loud makes a lot of sense. But Yeah, but then you wonder what took us so long to get to this point. Uh, Well, because of the health authorities... Because of the different programs that are required, uh, because of the, again, the silos. So to get into, you know, out of the emergency room and into the next program for stabilization, the next program for treatment, it just, it requires so many different lists and so many different times that people fall through the cracks if you can even get in because of all of the wait times. So the idea here is once you get in, you are helped through without any waits and, uh, you know, the government has talked about this. It, it yeah. sounds similar to what David Eby's talked about, the seamless addictions care. But we don't have a clue if, if where the government is on that file. We, I mean, I, I've, I've gone through all of the ministry estimates. I've listened to the, to the government. There's not even a government press release on this. But I think this is where Eby wants to go. And I think, the, you know, the money for this from the province, the operating money, came out of the mental health and addictions funding that was in the last budget, which was earmarked to do things like this. But the, the kind of silence from the province on whether this is the beginning of something larger is a little bit weird. And, uh, and it, it leaves people wondering, okay, well, can we do this elsewhere? And if so, is that even the plan? And how do we get there? And so, like, you know, it's great news, but uh, imagine it being everywhere. 
Yeah, imagine that. But St. Paul seems to be a good location for this, especially with the move to the new location. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's the right spot to start with, and it's got the right experts around it, and it's got the right clinicians involved. Uh, and I guess perhaps, like I'm, you know, <laughs> there's there's no there's nothing from government on here, so I'm just completely hypothesizing here. But I guess government is going to study and look at this and see how it works. You know, the first beds are going to be going through the fall, um, so that's great. Um, and maybe this is the beginning, like almost like a pilot project of what could work elsewhere in the province. I don't know. Because again, like this is a province, there's a provincial government will will put out a press release when it donates, you know, grant money to a cheese festival and small, tiny, little ridiculous things. But there's nothing yesterday on whether this is the start of a fundamental sea change in addictions treatment that lines up with what the premier wants to see, which is seamless integration from the emergency room when you uh, are overdosing or from the entry into the system when you ask for help all the way through to housing outside the other end. It's a huge, huge uh, change. And uh, I hope that that's what this is, but uh, nobody's really sure. You know, we've talked about this for so long, Rob. Like I was wondering the same thing myself, right? Like if you have a heart attack, you immediately get put into a certain stream in the healthcare system. If you have cancer, you immediately get put into a certain stream in the healthcare system. But if you show up repeatedly with an overdose, they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. It seems weird. And it seems, I, I, I always I'm continually staggered when I kind of try to cover this because the government can micromanage knee replacements down it knows exactly what who is on the list knows exactly how many uh, you know operating rooms it needs to to open to clear that list occasionally you'll hear government talk about we're going to clear the wait list for hip replacements or knee replacements by adding exactly what is needed it doesn't know at all what is happening with the more than 3000 publicly funded addictions treatment beds in British Columbia it doesn't have a clue in northern health there is no data on how those beds are being used. In Island Health, there's only partial data. I can't tell you how some certain types of beds are being used. They don't, the government fundamentally doesn't understand the money that it is spending on addictions treatment beds because of the health authorities and the fractured system and the way they report. And that's the really weird part about this, that we have a healthcare system that can be so tightly controlled in one area and just a black hole of nothingness. On the other end, and it leads to, you know, uh, I wrote about this a few weeks ago, but remember in 2020, there was the announcement of the the biggest number of youth uh, addictions treatment beds in provincial right. history. They promised uh, 123, and they have only delivered three years later, 32 in actual operation. So we can't even follow through with the beds that are promised and funded. And if that was you know, a medical equipment in any other part of the healthcare system for any other procedure would be going by now. It, it is a frustrating mess to cover from the outside because it's um, it's unlike anything else in the rest of our healthcare system. Right. And the government can't seem to get a, a grasp on it. So this is the thing about the health ministry, isn't it, Rob? Because it is so massive and there's so much bureaucracy that it cannot do something different and unique without a huge hassle, but maybe it does take people to come in from the outside and say, this is what we want to do with our money. Yeah, I think I think that was a big, and you, and you read in some of the coverage, that the private money uh, pushed the government into partnering on this. It was the, the key that unlocked the door. 
Uh, and so, you know, 20 million in a private donation unlocks 60 million in government funding, operating funding for the okay, next whatever few works, years. Right. Well, whatever works. If it can help people, then great. Let's do it that way. But how, how do we continue that model through the rest of the province? Yeah. Uh, and how can this be done quickly, you know, quickly and starting in the fall? Uh, and we can't do it elsewhere during, you know, an enormous public health crisis that's killed more than uh, 12,000 people in the last six, seven years. And, and we can't. Yeah. We can't mobilize our resources very quickly. It's, it's disappointing. Well, speaking of that, too, I want to also touch on this uh, announcement that's coming from the housing minister today. That's right. Housing Minister Ravi Kalon in Abbotsford this morning on to announce uh, homeless uh, and unhoused housing spaces. This is related. Um, you know, and people have been following this for a while now. The, the Lonzo Park uh, tent encampment, which has been going on for years, you know, it is the biggest and most dangerous uh, tent encampment in Abbotsford, according to police. There's burned out RVs there. There's sewage seeping into a nearby creek. There's needles and garbage everywhere. And it's on provincial government land. It's on Ministry of Transportation land. And so the city's been handcuffed, kind of trying to pay for the services that respond. Thousands of police calls and the firefighters won't even go uh, without police presence. Uh, and so the minister... He toured this not too long ago, last month, uh, and emerged to say, holy moly, this isn't safe. Uh, but the problem has been trying to find enough beds and purchase enough spaces. And they bought a couple of motels to get a plan in place to get people out. And not maybe not everyone wants to go. So you have to have a plan in place to enforce an injunction, which means you have to have a plan in place to have the right types of beds. And we've seen in Vancouver when the province yeah. tries to move people out of different parks without the right beds, they fail to get the court injunctions that are needed to clear space. So it's a complex thing, and, and the minister's announcing a, a plan this morning at City Hall, and we're watching to see what the timelines and, and what that might look like. All right. We'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Thanks, Rob. Okay. Take care.